0: This is episode number 33 of the Inner Game of Aging podcast. Welcome to the Inner Game of Aging podcast, helping you to discover how to be older without growing old. And here's your host, turning this whole idea of aging upside down, Lee Moat. Hello and welcome to the inner game of aging podcast episode number 33 I want to welcome all of you back to the inner game of aging podcast I have returned from a summer hiatus My last released episode was number 32 and this was released in June right before the summer began I decided that this was a great time to explore and reaffirm the future directions of the inner game of aging. This grow older and not old message was becoming more significant in my life and in the lives of others. I knew I had to get serious about my upcoming plans to expose this message. But it was also around June where my family circumstances changed. I welcomed my son back home to live with us for a short period of time while he made arrangements to get to the other side of a few challenging circumstances in his life. Despite the change of life that this involved for me and my wife, his presence has been very helpful to us in several ways, especially around the house. Tending to these family circumstances definitely took a toll on my podcast release schedules. But this hiatus has also been an extremely profitable one in terms of planning the future of the inner game of aging. There has been so many new plans in the works that my head is still spinning. I am looking to build a team to help execute these exciting ideas. And I will have more information about this in my upcoming newsletter to the Insider Club members. And speaking of Insider Club members, If you have not yet become an insider club member, please visit the website where you will find many opportunities to join and share in the insider club information. And we all know that the website for the Inner Game of Aging is Inner INNER Game of Aging. That's all one word, no spaces, dot com. That will get you to the website and everything else related to the inner game of aging as well. Moving forward, I can promise you a podcast release at least every 10 days, and hopefully more frequently than that as we unfold our new structures. You will also see a monthly IGA newsletter in your inbox containing insightful thoughts relevant to aging, new ideas about aging, and tips and tricks to access the potential in your life that you know is there. In episode 32, I announced the Aging Academy, and we have big plans for that as well. To access all the information about the Aging Academy, please sign up for the Insiders Club where you can choose to be part of the Aging Academy information or not. We are also establishing an IGA YouTube channel. Yes, we are producing a good number of videos related to the older not old message and we would like a repository of these videos where they can be viewed and shared at any time. So you will see announcements for our IGA YouTube channel hopefully within the month. So all of this is to say that I am glad to be back from my summer hiatus, excited to be speaking to you again, and I'm looking forward to the plans that we've put in place for you. Today's episode explores intergenerational learning. Can the generations learn from each other? Of course, we know the answer to this must be yes, but how do we implement such learning when our culture seems to encourage a segregation of the generations instead of mixing it up? We now have retirement communities where younger people are not necessarily welcomed. The Villages in Florida is a great example of this. Of course, many older people would like to separate from the lifestyle that children encourage. And this is understandable and not necessarily a bad thing if it isn't balanced out with the experiences that do give us the broader perspective of life. If you are among those who seek to grow older but never grow old, then one of the keys to this, I advise, is to maintain social circles that include people that are at least 20 years older and 20 years younger than you are. This, you will find, leaves you with such a broad perspective of what's around you that will serve you well as you seek solutions for the challenges of your own life. In an attempt to follow my own advice, I recently had two profound experiences with the younger generation that I would like to relate to you today. Both of these experiences has increased my ability to learn quite significantly, as I think you will see after I finish describing these instances to you. The first experience involves a trip I took to Lake Placid, New York, or the town right next to it, Wilmington, New York. Now, I have to tell you how this trip came about because it is the perfect example of serendipity. And serendipity is one of the topics that I will be talking about up ahead in a future podcast episode. I traveled to Lake Placid, New York, where I met up with Helene. Helene and I met close to a year ago when I was in Toronto, Canada. The circumstances of our meeting was quite unusual for me. I was at a hotel taking pictures of handstands and headstands throughout the hotel structures. While doing handstands in the hotel patio, much to my surprise, Helene joined me. Now, this had never happened to me before, someone joining me during a headstand or handstand photo session. Well, Helene and I kept in contact throughout the year, and I found myself with an opportunity to visit the Adirondack Mountains, which happens to be her home. We had planned to do several things during my trip, including taking a variety of handstand headstand pictures, of course, as well as meet up with a good number of her friends for me to chat with, perhaps record a podcast episode. These chats provided much education in both directions. It turns out that there is a lot this old man can learn from younger people, and there is a lot that younger people can learn from this old man. But before I get into the details, I want to remind you that the additional information about what you will hear in this episode will be found on the show notes page for on my website for this episode. On the show notes page, you will see pictures and references that add to the information that you will hear during this episode. You can also leave comments and other feedback for me and sign up for the Insiders Club to receive more information from the inner game of aging. Our plans for the Insider Club should start to unfold within the next month or two. Be ready to receive these notifications by signing up to the Insider's Club today on the website. Of course, the URL for the show notes page for this episode is innergameofaging.com Inner Game of Aging, all one word, no spaces forward slash IGA33 but let's get back to Helene, my friend, who I met in Toronto, as I said before. She and I became friends on Facebook. For those of you who are familiar with Facebook, Facebook allows you to peek into a person's life in a manner that's acceptable to him. He puts what he wants about his life. You put what you want about your life. We watched each other for a year. We communicated sparsely over the course of that year But summertime came, and I found myself on the road with my motorcycle, as I normally do. And once or twice a year, I end up in the Adirondack Mountains. Now, the Adirondacks is where Helene calls her home. So Helene and I set out for me to visit the Adirondacks, with her being my host, for three or four days. Now, this was kind of scary for me. I know it sounds odd to say that, but... I am 67 years old. Helene is 31 years old. I was going to enter into a world that was much younger than what I normally experience on a day-to-day basis. Helene had said that I can stay at her place. There's accounts available for me. So I was not only going to enter into her world, I was going to be immersed in it. She had a number of friends who she wanted to speak with me and who I wanted to speak with as well. Her friends sounded very interesting in terms of the thoughts they were holding and keeping. So I was looking forward to teaching and learning amongst much younger people than I normally hang around. I did not know what I would experience. I didn't know how I would integrate myself, even if only for three or four days, into a world that I was so totally unfamiliar with. But I didn't concern myself with that. I was out to learn what I could, to enjoy what I could, and to experience what I could. Typical questions like, where would I sleep? Is the bed comfortable? Will I have enough to eat? How will I get along? Will I, you know, what will I do? I just didn't concern myself with all this stuff in the way that I would normally do for any trip I would take. I tried to make provisions for myself, but on this trip, I just left it all to chance. I just trusted that everything would end up okay, even if I went through some uncomfortable moments. After a wonderful four hour drive, I met up with Helene at her place of work, which is the Green Goddess in Lake Placid, New York. This is an organic food store, which right away tells you something about Helene and her friends. They live in a culture that is very different than the one I live in, New England. It felt to me as if All the hippies of the 60s that was running around around when I was a teenager had decided to settle into Lake Placid, New York and create a whole subculture that paid attention to the things that we all paid attention to when we were younger. They spoke a language that had many elements of spirituality in it, even though they were not referring to spirituality directly. Perhaps a little more background into my normal environment might serve to show you my reactions to what I had entered into in New York. Normally, in my everyday existence, I see the people around me that I love and care for, but I don't get to talk much. I am a talker. After all, I do a podcast. I am a talker who likes to explore other people's thinking, but I don't get an opportunity to do that in my own personal environment as much as I I would like. Talking to you, my audience, gives me more of an opportunity to just explore the thinking that resides inside of me and in others. Having good, stimulating, intellectually satisfying conversations is just not an everyday feature of my typical personal environment. So when I arrived in New York, I was thrilled to see the willingness of everyone to talk and to engage me in the intellectual pursuits of just understanding life and its many aspects. They were willing to talk about anything I was willing to talk about, and they had heavy thoughts on just about anything I could present to them. It was so thrilling to be part of such an intellectually stimulating environment. Within minutes after Helena and I greeted each other, we were immersed in a conversation that was quite deep and personal about sexuality, about our previous experiences, and we had only met up with each other physically for about 10-15 minutes before we got into these really interesting conversations. But that was just the beginning of what I was about to experience. A bit later on, we met up with our friend Jeffrey, or Free, as he likes to call himself. My first impression upon meeting this man was that I was not going to like him. I'm not exactly sure why that impression came over me, but it was quickly dispersed after he and I started talking to each other. He did not appear to be threatened by me, as some people are when they see my muscles or the fact that I'm black or something like that. He seemed quite comfortable as I spoke about elements of me and he spoke about elements of him. I took it all in and I just felt so warm in speaking to him. I ended up at his place for the evening where he and I had many conversations into the wee hours of the morning. One of the primary topics that we had discussed was that of being empathic. Being empathic is when you can feel in some way what's going on inside of another person, either in his emotions or even sometimes physically. Frey, Jeffrey, considers himself to be empathic. Now, before this conversation, I had only heard about being empathic in indirect ways, and I never really considered myself to be an empathic person. Although I can often feel the feelings of another person, and I can sense them in some manner, I still never labeled myself as an empathic, and I still don't. But I explored this in detail with Jeffrey, because he does consider himself to be empathic. Indeed, he gave me several examples of our conversation where he was feeling, physically feeling, what I was describing, as I described, for example, my accident of 2004 to him. So... In exploring this conversation, I learned that I may be mistaken by not calling myself empathic, although the distinction between Frey and me were quite significant in our ability to be empathic. I won't go into all the details of this particular conversation, but this was one of the more significant conversations I had during my trip to New York. I learned that I could be missing some opportunities by not labeling myself as empathic. I decided to explore this more deeply at a later time. The next day, Helene and I set out to take some handstand pictures, just basically around her neighborhood. You will see pictures of us on a bridge and other handstand pictures. You know, she's quite proud of her ability to do handstands and headstands just as I am. And she's always anxious to take pictures of, of them just as I am. So it was quite a pleasure to run around her neighborhood finding places to take another handstand or headstand picture. I enjoyed that. And to be able to have a partner with me as I sought those dangerous headstand, handstand pictures was just a new experience for me. I'm usually doing that alone or with some other person who's going to take a picture, but still thinks I'm stupid for doing so. Helene was my partner in coming up with these ideas and her executing them, me executing them. It was a pleasure to be doing this with another person, not my typical experience at all. You can see some of these pictures in the show notes page for this episode. So, after hanging around 31-year-old Helene and Frey, I was introduced to Helene's friend, Debbie Koblenz, who proved to be one of the more interesting people I met there. One reason for this intrigue was that she was only 20 years old, but in speaking with her, she felt noticeably older to me. And after chatting with her for over a day, yes, that long, she proved herself to be quite a thinker. In one of our discussions regarding human interactions, she quoted herself by saying something that resonated with me. She said that she often feels the need to say to those she's talking to, what you think I'm thinking simply does not exist. In saying this, she showed herself to have more maturity of thought than I would have at first guessed. She was in the process of learning lessons in her life that I had learned when I was 20, and then again when I was 30, and again at 40, and 50, and 60. I began to realize that we all learn the same lessons in different ways over and over again throughout the entire span of our lives. Learning how to consider others, for example, is a lifelong education that must go through many permutations before we can call ourselves master. Learning how other people feel so we can adjust ourselves accordingly is another lifelong journey that we must all pass through many times for our proper education and other lessons like learning how to love another or the value of our solitude are all lessons that require many iterations and permutations to learn properly throughout our lives. And I was watching these young people embark on this lifelong journey of learning these valuable lessons. My journey may be much further along than theirs were, But I am and have been on the same path that they are now taking to understand life all around them. Helene's friend Debbie struggled to understand how to be, for example, as productive as she aspired to be. She had so much to do with her life, she said, and wanted to minimize wasted time or misdirected efforts. My God, I thought, I have been on this productivity search for what feels like most of my life. I am always struggling to understand how I can do more with my time. My productivity is a big issue with me, and I was watching this 20-year-old take on the same journey. I learned a lot by watching this. But despite the similarities of the lessons, there was not much advice I could give her. You see, we all have to learn these same lessons in a way that is rather unique to us as individuals. So for me to give Debbie, Helene, or Frey any advice about what I had learned in these same areas would not be as useful to them as I would have liked it to have been. My experience doesn't always translate to their experience, and I have to understand that. But yet, there they were, learning the same things I had been learning all throughout my life. This was an important takeaway for this trip. On my final full day in the area, we traveled to Tupper Lake, New York, to meet up with Deanna Courtney. Deanna proved to be just as interesting as everyone else I had met during this trip. You would be hard-pressed to guess her age at 51. She looks so much younger than that number implies. The license plate on our car tells you much about her. It says, and I have a picture of this in the show notes page, It says, Up Your Vibe. She is a holistic health coach who exudes energy and health herself. To my surprise, I found that she is the caregiver to a 97-year-old man who is just such a pleasure to speak with. Diana's concepts and principles of health were certainly evident in this 97-year-old man. He exercises on his stationary bike every day as well as a set of other exercises planned out for him by Deanna. I was amazed to see him balance on his bike in ways you could never imagine a 97-year-old to do. And he had lots of energy and a firm voice. I had to take a picture of this because it inspired me so much. And you can see Ed riding his stationary bike without hands, mind you, on the show notes page. That evening's dinner for me proved to be extremely memorable. There I was in a restaurant at a dinner table with a 20-year-old, a 31-year-old, a 51-year-old, and me, a 67-year-old. Being as interested in the aging process as I always am, what more could I ask for than what was in front of me at the table that evening? To hear the intergenerational opinions was truly an eye-opener for me. I enjoyed it immensely. This trip had many highlights for me and provided many lessons for me to ponder weeks and months after I returned. It proved to me that exposure between the generations can quite can be quite valuable for both the young and the old. I will say more words about this before this episode ends, But now I want to move on to the second experience that I've had that proves to me that intergenerational learning can be extremely valuable for both the younger and the older. And now I'd like to tell you about another experience I've had that proves to me that intergenerational learning is a valuable thing for just about all of us. Let me begin by talking about my workout. I have been working out ever since a boy on a regular basis. Outside of a few brief months in high school, I have never worked out with a workout partner. Now, I'm not exactly sure why, but I seem to be able to get enough benefit from my workout without taking on the inconvenience of a partner. And I think the bigger reason is I enjoy using my workout time as almost a meditative state for me. It is usually a time for my mind to relax and my body to get going and exert itself. For the past year, I have been working out at a rate of about three or four times a week. Assuming my, assuming my workouts are hard enough, this frequency is good for body my age. I can no longer work out five to seven times a week as I did when I was young. I must spend as much time recovering and resting as I have working out. So three to four times a week is just about right for a person my age. But I found that my rate of improvement in terms of strength, stamina, and skills just wasn't happening fast enough. Perhaps... Perhaps it was my expectation of what a 67 year old body should be capable of or perhaps it was the distractions in my mind away from my fitness goals that was retarding my progress. Whatever the reason, I found myself stagnating, not moving forward, progressing in my workouts as I thought I should be able to. I have been in this state for a few months now and just was not breaking new barriers with any consistency that I thought was reasonable. And believe it or not, I was pondering this problem one evening while I was playing table tennis with a bunch of friends. Now you may ask, why am I considering such workout problems when I am having fun with friends playing table tennis? Well, you see, we are playing table tennis in a warehouse. The warehouse has many rooms in it. And as I was walking down the halls to this warehouse, I looked into one room, and I found, there hanging from the ceiling, a set of Olympic rings. Now, I didn't mean to make that sound so dramatic, but those who know me know that I enjoy working out on the Olympic rings. I don't suggest that people my age take this on as a hobby, of course. I certainly don't want to recommend activities to people in my age that are going to result in torn shoulders, ripped hands, and sprained muscles. But I've had some experience on rings, which can be seen in the videos that I have on my YouTube channel. The large room that housed the rings belonged to a gym called Pivotal Parkour. It was a parkour gymnasium where youngsters learn parkour skills. Now, for those of you who don't know what parkour is, I put a few videos in the show notes page for this episode, but briefly, it seems that the basis of the sport, yes, it's a sport, is that the whole world is nothing but an obstacle course. Parkour includes running, jumping, climbing, swinging, vaulting, rolling around, and other movements as deemed suitable for the situation, whatever that means. Check out the videos on the show notes page. You'll be entertained if you just becoming familiar with what parkour is. But I stood there, looking at these Olympic rings. I became sort of hypnotized by them and lost a sense of social awareness. I simply walked into the gym where there was a class being conducted and asked if I could get up on the rings. Now, they had no idea who I was or what I was doing in that room at all. To them, it must have looked strange to see this elder gentleman simply walk into the gym and ask to be lifted up on the rings. Well, I did. I did a few things to show off and to prove that I wasn't a slouch in this area and we quickly started a conversation based on what I had done on the rings. We exchanged as much casual information between me and the teacher of the cl- of the class that was being conducted as was reasonable, and I proceeded to work out there for the evening on their invitation. You can imagine how the young adults in the gym eyed me. There was much curiosity about who I was, of course, and as I started to show off more and more their curiosity and intrigue peaked. They invited me back to work out there for the next couple of evenings. And during that time, I met Mike, who was 21, Cody, who was 23, Dan and Anna, both 18. And I also met Jason, who was 42, and Joe, who was 40. During these initial workouts... I was working with people whose ages ages ranged from 14 to 42. Now, you have to remember that young kids are manufactured with bones, muscles, and joints, all made of flexible silicone and rubber, while me at 67 consists of material that breaks and tears rather easily. I saw what these kids were doing, and I asked myself, am I fool enough to work out with these kids? Is't injury a sure result of this ill-advised decision, so were my thoughts as I signed up to be a member of this parkour gym. Yes, as foolish as this sounds, I decided to work out there on a regular basis, become part of the gym, and now I know how some of those grandmothers and grandfathers who are attending college and graduating, how they feel being amongst all All these younger people doing the same things that they are doing. I am now walking around in a gym filled with youngsters asking advice and giving tips. The young adults there treat me with such intrigue. The younger ones have an expression on their face like, what is he doing here? But the older ones are easily chatted up and we get to learn a little bit bit about each other. I show off what I can just to gain their respect. Believe me, it works on young boys. But these kids were doing impressive things and I give them the credit they deserve. It almost feels like an honor to ask them for advice in reaching my own goals. And I've received some very valuable advice that is already making me stronger and bringing me closer to the goals that I established in joining that gym. These young people are bringing creativity and possibility to my own workout. They have given me tips that I have personalized in my own workouts and have already seen the beneficial results of them. By opening myself up and saying yes, I have encountered new and exciting landscapes for my fitness goals. But this isn't just about fitness and my own workouts. I have to remember that I am much older than the people I am presently working out with. I cannot work out as if I was a younger man. And as an older person, I know I need more rest and recovery than when I did when I was in my 30s and 40s. The improvements that I am looking for require me to rest and recover in order to maximize what I am getting from my new workouts. Unfortunately, and as I mentioned in the first half of this podcast, I'm learning this same lesson again and again as I have paid the price to learn this lesson several times in my past. In my excitement and recommitment to achieving certain strength goals and my desire to show off and impress – I have failed to honor this recovery principle that I just mentioned, and I am now walking around with such sore muscles and restricted motion until I can recover from the past two weeks of a rather intensive workout. However, rest and recovery is not what my ambitions want me to do, and I constantly fight between wanting to make progress and needing to rest. I've struggled with this most of my life and here it is again for me to learn from the consequences. Will I learn this time? Only time will tell. I hope to learn before my death or it may be the cause of my death. We'll see. My trip to New York and Lake Placid and my involvement with this new parkour gym all teach me many things about me, about the world I live in, and the interaction between those two, me and the world. I feel assured, although I cannot prove this, that my interactions with these younger people are helping them as well. Perhaps a few of those younger people that I have touched in these two adventures might respond on the show notes page with a comment to help me understand that There's benefit on both sides. I know there is benefit for older people to hang around younger people. And I've received much of that benefit in just these past two experiences that I've related here, but there's much more that's available to both you and I. All we have to do is say yes to more of what's around us. And we open ourselves to everyone, everything, and all the experiences that we can gather. So, from the contents of this podcast, it is clear that I favor the commingling of the generations. There is so much that each generation can learn from the others. Separating them seems like the wrong direction. And the more we say yes to everything around us, the more we will be engaging in life in a way that brings those benefits of intergenerational learning to all of us. Intergenerational learning can be instrumental in solving one of the problems that I hear all too common amongst older and elders. I've interviewed many older people who sort of bemoan the loss of their friends, their lifelong friends. Life for them has become different because their friends have passed away. Intergenerational learning is a great way to solve and or prevent this kind of problem. When we make friends with people who are 20 years younger or even more, the likelihood of losing these dear friends are a lot less than those who are 20 years older than we are. Whatever social barriers that exist between the younger and the older need to be removed in my opinion. The young have so much energy and creativity that older people can really use and lean on, while older people have so many answers and lots of wisdom that the younger people can lean on as well. If that was the world today, it would be so much better in so many respects. Is there anything you can do in your life or around you to bring this kind of reality into existence? And that wraps it for episode number 33 of the Inner Game of Aging podcast. I certainly hope you enjoyed and benefited from my experiences relating to intergenerational learning. I believe there is so much value that older people can get from younger people, and I have been the recipient of this value in so many times in my life. I am also benefiting much from the knowledge and wisdom that resides in our elders as well. Perhaps there is an episode upcoming in the future that describes my experiences with intergenerational learning in the other direction, that is, the ways I am benefiting by having friends that are much, much older than I am. I have enjoyed relating these experiences to you and to help you see what I have seen here please visit the show notes page where you will find greater detail on many of the things that I've mentioned in this episode. You can also leave me feedback and comments on the show notes page. Do you have intergenerational learning experiences that you would like to relate? Is there something you would like to add to what has been said here in this episode? You can do all this and more by visiting the show notes page for this episode on the website. And the URL for this show notes page is InnerGameofaging.com forward slash IGA33. And while you are there, please sign up to join the Insiders Club, which gives you access to our monthly newsletter and several of the other projects that we are developing for you apart from this podcast. We have much planned for you in the future and don't want you to miss any of it. So use your podcast player of choice to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss any of what is in store for you. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the Inner Game of Aging podcast with Lee Watt. Check out more content by going to theinnergameofaging.com that's the inner game of aging, nospaces.com. Stay with us as we learn the many ways of being older without growing old.